go. What happened? Welcome to Karate Kid 3 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 3, three bonehead minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us... Oh, what? I was going to say, and we have. <laughs> ah, yeah. there's, there's, there's a little bit of a, a delay. I was like, oh, crap, maybe I should do it. <laughs> Introduce Peter. Oh, okay, it's, it's Peter, Peter's here? Joining hey, us today hey, from Cobra Kai Companion. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me back uh, again, you guys. Uh, pleasure to be here. Awesome. Uh, today we are talking about minutes 84 to 87 of the Karate Kid Part 3. They begin with Daniel spinning and end with a kiss from Jessica. Uh, we pick up where we left off on Monday. We're at a dance club with Daniel and Jessica. And where these minutes begin, John Avelton has taken a moment to zoom in and feature the band playing. Uh, so I have your trivia for you. Yeah. <laughs> the band is backing up the featured performer of this film, Glenn Medeiros. Uh, Glenn has three songs in this movie, Under Any Moon, which played earlier in the film, uh, and two songs that they play here at this dance. Uh, they came in while they were playing I Can't Help Myself When It Comes to You. And, of course, the huge jam that Daniel's rocking and rolling here to is High Wire, which mm. uh, everybody sings along to when uh, the song comes up. Uh, some background here. Glenn is a native of Honolulu, Hawaii, so I assume Pat might have ha- been the reason why he's featured so much. I mean, he's even listed in the credits as himself. Glenn Medeiros himself. Hmm. Whatever happened to this fellow? He had a huge hit by this time. As a kid, he was writing songs while his family ran bus tours on the island of Kauai. Uh, In 1986, he entered and won a local radio contest. And by 1987, at 17 years old, he released a song that became an international hit. You'll hear it at weddings. You'll hear it in elevators. You'll hear it at the local pharmacy. Uh, does anybody know what Glenn Medeiros' uh, uh, famous song is? No, <laughs> I do not know. Uh, a little ditty called "Nothing's Gonna Change My Love for You." <laughs> uh, hmm. No, don't know if I know it. Can, can uh, you uh, hum or sing a little bit? Nothing's of it, gonna change my love for you. Oh, la, 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 okay. La, la. I do oh. know that song. Yes, that's a good song. <laughs> All right. I, I did not. You, you know what? Um, I thought that was an Asian artist this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Hawaiian. Um, and after that, he released eight albums, one of which he had a duet with Bobby Brown called She Ain't Worth It, uh, which hit. I was his number one hit. It, it hit uh, uh, on, on the billboards. Uh, 1990, he did that. So here we are in 1989. And yeah, Glenn, pretty big solo artist and Hawaiian. To get for Karate Kid 3, I guess. Uh, just a great example of the Karate Kid movie with the lamest soundtrack. The first movie, Survivor, Bananarama, Joe Esposito. The second, Peter Cetera, starting a solo career after leaving Chicago. In part three, we get Glenn Medeiros and Little, little River Bluff. I mean, well, hold on now. You just said he had an international number one hit at this point. <laughs> one hit. And, hey, and it's not it something I like. <laughs> I mean, oh, sorry. Look, Please stand no, up for nothing's going to change my love for you. No, no shade, but what about Mr. Joe Esposito? Uh, uh, he had a great hit. It just happened to be in the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
which also I'm sure you guys saw the clip of him performing at the uh, Cobra Kai Live and Badass. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How cool must that have been to be be there? Oh my god. Oh, amazing. Anyway, this is a song by Glenn Mediocre. Um, so, uh, other fun facts: He basically retired uh, his music career after the '90s and got his degree in education. And if you're looking for Glenn, he's currently the principal of an all-boys Catholic school in Honolulu. He has he's married with two kids, and the two kids are named uh, the boy Cord and his daughter Lyric. Okay. okay, I thought you were going to say like Daniel and Jessica, but he still loves his, you know, he still loves music. I'm sure chord and lyric. Thanks dad. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Glad to be listening. We love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uncommon, but I I've heard those names before. You know, there, yeah. there's a, there was an actor on Glee with the name chord. I forgot his last name, but. Oh yeah. yeah. Cord Overstreet. I I've heard there of you him go. before. Yeah. That's it. I, I see. Uh, I think he opened up for uh, Demi Lovato and, with Nick Jonas uh, when they came here some time ago. Great concert. People were making fun of me like, oh, you're going, it's going to be a bunch of teenage girls. I go, yeah, it was like mom's my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to an Allie and AJ concert. Okay. So uh, yeah, back to the movie. <laughs> I, 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 I'm so glad Mel's not here to tell me I'm being too judgmental on Glenn. So uh, perhaps later <laughs> she'll, she'll yell at me like Mike Barnes. Yeah. Um, Back to the movie, we don't get a dance number, but we get Ralph Macho doing a little twirl as the teenagers dance all around him, and uh, then he and Jessica decide to get a drink, and Daniel says, yeah, tell me about it. I could drink a horse. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's an expression, like, I could eat like a horse, right? So maybe yeah, it's yeah. kind of like in line, but also, um, I think, yeah, it was my first interview with Robert Mark Kamen when... I was asking him about like, oh, what were some of your like own favorite quotes over the years? And at some point, he mentioned like, oh yeah, I mean, I uh, walk a worm for a walk week or whatever. He's like, that didn't catch on. So I guess, I guess <laughs> when he wrote that, he really thought that it was something, you know. So this might have been one of those things. He's like, yeah, let, let's see if uh, I can drink a horse will be a thing. Clearly not. <laughs> Drink a horse. <laughs> I, I feel like that was Ralph just stumbling over some lines and just like. Moving on. <laughs> Probably meant to say like a horse, you know, like in a yeah. talk or something, you know. Yeah. So And I'm Mel. There... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there she <On> is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we forgot to introduce Mel. What? Yeah. what? Well, you did? Welcome back, Mel. <laughs> what? She's been there here the whole time. I'm late? Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it. Not again. Where are you? I couldn't find my slippers. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lag. It took her. It open up. It took her all of Tuesday and most of Wednesday to find her slippers. Yeah, now I have them. <laughs> Let's hope I don't lose them by the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as we continue here, they, they're walking off the dance floor, and surprise, surprise, Sensei Silver just happens to be at this dance too. And I love this little, "Hey, Mr. Silver, what are you doing here?" And Terry's like, "You told me you'd be here." Don't you remember? Uh, like, I guarantee Daniel didn't say a thing about this. Dan. Is this not yeah. a teen dance? I, I don't know. It seems, I mean, it looks like they're surrounded by teens. Sure. Is it weird that there's like a 30, I assume 35 <laughs> year old man just showing up? Even higher. Dance? Yeah. He's crease. He's, he's crease's age. Right. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. 
<laughs> He's a chaperone. It's a teenage yeah. dance. Uh, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, weird. He, he pays Rudy. He could have pro- probably paid the, <laughs> the security guy to let him in. Yeah. 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 That's true. Uh, yeah. The security guard would be like, yeah, yeah, a little tall for a teenage dancer. <laughs> I don't know. Try to. Yeah, absolutely. Six five. But, you know, but also he could have uh, said, hey, you know, I'm part of the, uh, you know, I'm the owner's buddy or something like that. You know, yeah. him being an adult, I, I can see that working. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Glenn Medeiros. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm who's the, uh, playing the himself. Friend. What was his name? Yeah, that, that's the guy. That's my buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, Terry makes sure that Daniel has no time to think about how weird this is because Rudy the Jerk, a.k.a. Mitch Taylor, uh, swoops in and starts getting a little handsy with Jessica. Uh, and if you notice... Uh, Terry tries to hold Daniel back a moment before he intervenes. He's, he's just kind of like, mm, let's, let's let this progress a little bit longer before, because Daniel is immediately uh, wanting to interrupt things. But, and he's also like, since Daniel's not looking at him, like he is smirking as this jerk is being appropriately jerky. Like he's like, you're coming with me, sexy lady. Uh, so yeah, Daniel steps up, says Jessica's with him. And, uh, which, you know, is a little much, but I think Jessica is looking pretty upset. She also said she's with him. I think Mm -hmm. he said, says who? And she says, says me, says me. Yeah, that's right. So Daniel tries to peacefully walk Jessica away, ignore this guy, but he's not letting up. He pushes Daniel and says, he's taking Jessica home. And then he calls Daniel (gasps) a bonehead. (laughs) (laughs) He's upgraded. worm. (laughs) <laughs> Two things you don't call anybody in the eighties: chicken and bonehead. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely not. Uh, so Daniel whirls around angrily, and there is this moment of fear that I see on Rudy's face here as I slow it down. You know, like this is not what he expected. He did not expect this guy to all of a sudden turn into a karate machine. Uh, and uh, Daniel employs Quicksilver method number three uh, and breaks his nose, lays him right out. So, Let me talk wow. about that. Like, so, so a guy comes to you, offers you, let's say a <laughs> hundred bucks, right? Let's, let's just say it was probably a hundred bucks. Yeah. And he says, well, so what, what are we thinking he's being told? Or at the very least, what is Rudy thinking is going to happen when he steps in between this quote unquote couple and tries to hit on the girlfriend? You know, like, did he size up Daniel and think that Daniel wasn't going to do anything? You I know, think so. just, <laughs> I, I guess, but. He's like, you want me to play know. the redhead guy from Enchantment Under the Sea in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McFly, cut what in. happened then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like, hey, now, I've, I've seen this movie from the future. Like, you come, oh, no, 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 no. It's 1980. Well, I guess it's 85. So. Oh, that's true. It's the same year. Yeah. I just got back from yeah. – I know exactly how to do this. Yeah. I forget I what happens after. I just saw in the movie theater. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would accept money because it's just like – I don't know what this other person is capable of. So I'm just kind of, right. you know, because you mentioned like you saw the fear in him. But it's like, well, Rudy, what did you expect to happen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it, I, I think it's weird is all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's so funny that Terry could easily find a jerk that would be willing to harass a girl for cash. Actually, it was enough did. money. I'd probably. You know, probably... It, <laughs> it, it was an offer he couldn't refuse, right? Yeah. How much do you think Terry promised Rudy for doing this act? <sighs> You know, maybe he even gave like half now, 
you know, and, and like, I'll give you the other half once you do it. I mean, that, that yeah. she was like, no idea. Yeah. Cause he didn't actually get paid. Uh, right. we find out later. Uh, but yeah, so Daniel lays him out and then Jessica is, Jessica is now frightened. She gets upset and he like yells at Daniel and, uh, Daniel, like for, for his part, for Ralph Macho's part, like he looks like out of it after he's, yeah. he's like lost, lost his balance a little bit. When, oh, sorry. Who no, lost his balance? The victim or Daniel? <laughs> well, the victim definitely did. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying Daniel. Felt. Yeah. You know, in that, oh, okay. His metaphorical balance. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah. so would his uh, would his defense in court be? Uh, I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, he I mean, my fist. <laughs> what what is that all? I mean, there is, uh, you know, he 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 has been programmed, uh, you know, uh, yeah. willingly. I and really like, I I. I was thinking here like terry's plan has now worked he took daniel's inner rage he put a hair trigger on it and he turned him exactly into someone he never wanted to be mm -hmm. daniel struck first daniel struck hard and there was no mercy <laughs> and he hurt miyagi and he made his hands bleed basically his plan went perfectly Perfect. and i don't know how he did it <laughs> yeah. i can't wait till the whole thing succeeds at the end of the movie <laughs> uh <laughs> So now Terry wants to reinforce the lesson. Like uh, Daniel wants to go after Jessica, he, he, who is disgusted by him. She's run off. But Terry pulls him in the other direction. It's like time to get the heck out of here and let's reinforce that this is a, a, an okay thing that he did. Um, but I do want to take another little side uh, track. Uh, the music picks up too uh, as it like quickly like changes over. I, it, you don't really notice, I think unless you're like listening for it because it really kind of amps up the, 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 the scene, the anxiety in the scene. Um, and that's because it's not Glenn Meteoros. <laughs> uh, what's playing here is the hair metal band winger, uh, who would have been a better choice. I think to feature on this soundtrack, uh, at this time, like at this time they were known for their hits, uh, 17. Do you, do you guys know that song? Can you sing a little bit of it? <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Uh, she's only 17. Uh, Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. I go, gross. I go uh, vaguely. That's disgusting. Yeah. Pretty appropriate for this movie, though, huh? True. Sure, sure. <laughs> Daniel's got this young girl out. No. <laughs> I, oh, just the of, actresses. Kind of vaguely familiar. There was a lot of weird songs like that back in the day. Um uh, Another head the of theirs dancing is dancing queen. Even another head of theirs is uh, uh, headed for a heartbreak. Uh, the the song that they're playing here is called "Out for the Count," which is also pretty appropriate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the song that that we noticed while playing rock band that has the terrible lyrics that we never really realized? Was it "Don't Stand So Close to Me"? Don't stand. Yeah, oh, you never listened to those <laughs> lyrics before? I had never listened to those lyrics before oh, until wow. I had to sing them in rock bands. And I was like, yeah, man, it's about a guy that's like being seduced by a student or that he's like, he finds a student hot and he's like really trying hard not yeah. to. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, yeah. Interesting. We play this on the radio? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of songs that when you look in the lyrics, you're like, ew. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean whole, it's based on the whole story of Lolita, which, uh, you know, they seem yeah. like Kubrick made a film of, mm. I, I, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, but back to Winger, because that's more interesting to talk about than Stanley, Stanley Kubrick, I'm, I'm sure. Um, I found a story about Winger that cracked me up. Do you guys, 
You guys remember Winger at all? De- Debra? Debra Winger? Or... <laughs> I, <was gonna> say. <laughs> I, rem- I remember the name of the band, yeah. But, no, okay. I don't. They showed up uh, in the last few years of glam metal and hair bands dying out. You know. Oh, wait. Wasn't wasn't uh, either Beavis or Butthead, didn't they have Winger on their shirt? <laughs> this is exactly what I'm getting to. Oh. <laughs> uh, nice. Because the hair bands were all dying out and were replaced, being replaced by grunge rock around the time when Beavis and Butthead started. But the cooler title characters are wearing shirts like... Uh, uh, I think Beavis is wearing ACDC and Butthead's wearing Metallica. And those are cool rock bands. They're hard rock bands. And the lame, there's, there's a lame wimpy kid, Stuart, who just wants to be as cool as Beavis and Butthead, follows him around all the time. And he just fails constantly. And he's always seen in a winger shirt. (laughs) (laughs) The show, you know, they watched videos, made fun of, they made, they made fun of winger videos a lot. And uh, creator Mike Judge said he had been told at MTV that Winger wanted them to make fun of them. So they did it a ton. And then he found out after the show's run was done that actually he had been misinformed. Uh, Winger never contacted MTV. <laughs> and uh, oh, wow. know, I'm sure they had to uh, you know, deal with that reputation that was set up for them. So. Ouch. Well, any press is good press. But they did. Yeah. their biggest song was uh, 17. So I guess, you know. Well deserved, I guess. Um, so anyway, yeah, Rudy the jerk. I, I just love that the 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 guard that picks him up is completely unsympathetic. He broke my nose, man. Oh yeah, he sure he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, uh, he was a safety hazard laying on the floor full of blood. Like you gotta get off the floor, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> someone's gonna trip over you. Yeah. So. So we cut to outside where Terry is uh, leaving or leading uh, Daniel on the getaway. And uh, he's just like, yeah, it was beautiful. You didn't even think something got in your way. Bang, down it went. And, you know, and it's here where Terry, uh, where Daniel starts turning. He's like, whoa, this is not me, you know. But what do you guys think would Terry have done if Daniel fully went to the dark side? Like, he just wanted to give him pain and break him and, and then beat him at the tournament. But mm. what if Daniel was just like all of a sudden turned up to excel more than, you know, Terry could even fathom. It's like, wow, he's actually really good and he's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Would you have kept him as a student, you know? I, I think so. And and maybe he would even try to really put him um, up against uh, Miyagi and really break that relationship, mm. you know, because you're right. What, what do you do at that time? Like uh, at that point, if you've already turned him, you got to turn him against his own sensei then, I guess. Yeah. And I, you know, Chris might've been happy with that, you know, it's a completely, mm-hmm. you know, Darth Vader, uh, <laughs> Daniel and as a revenge to get it's a revenge to get against, uh, no, that comes later in Cobra Kai. Oh, um, right. Daniel kills all the younglings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I think Bert. Cobra Kai, like t- Terry is looking to get that rep back for Cobra Kai, open all those dojos. What better could you do than to have like your lead student be like the last all Valley champion that everybody loves that, that big crane kick. And yeah. So I, I don't know. I think Terry would have kept him. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, alternate version karate kid three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ter- uh, Daniel's not feeling proud about himself and, uh, and t- Terry tries to pump up his ego, but, I think he's making him feel even worse. It's like, you got it now. Technique and killer instincts. Like, oh, it's not what I, I didn't want. Killer instinct. (laughs) 
But uh, Daniel decides to get the heck out of there. And, and he, Terry's still screaming, like, you did the right thing. You had no choice. And But I, I, I he, we see we, the, the scene kind of ends on Terry staring after him. And I, I think he knows he broke Daniel. I think he's he's not actually disappointed that Daniel had this reaction. He's just like, yeah, that's right. Suffer. <laughs> <laughs> Suffer emotionally. <laughs> All right. So if we're done with that scene, we can go right to the next scene uh, with Daniel knocking on Jessica's door. Um, and we see Jessica's apartment inside of it. It's a tiny little apartment. Um, I can't imagine she's actually living in that apartment with her aunt. Maybe like the aunts at a different. It seems like it would be a one person place. Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Unless there's another room we just didn't see. Mm. Or can I posit this theory? Is her aunt real at all? Or is it a figment <laughs> of Jessica's imagination? Perhaps something happened here. Perhaps the ants in, I don't know, the closet wrapped up? Maybe. <laughs> or or really maybe. disturbing and dark, Robin. <laughs> this is like the uh, re- reverse uh, Daniel Miyagi. You know, Daniel got Miyagi the, the business where, like, the ant got, you know, just got into the business and she's always gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, my da- oh my aunt's out again. Uh, oh, my aunt couldn't eat this mac and cheese. She's never there, you know. So. <laughs> She's out, uh, you know, learning karate from another sensei. She encased her. She encased her in a giant clay pot. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Jessica is packing and has already changed from the dance. Uh, she lets Daniel in after he begs her. Um. And I just wanted to say, I, you know, you guys don't probably have the video on in front of you, but if you want to have some fun next time you watch, notice all the pillows on the day bed when you see Daniel come in. And, but when we go to the shot where Jessica's walking in and out of her bedrooms, the, the day bed's completely clear. There's no pillows at all. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they kind of jump on and off the, the bed. Hmm. Um, so I know, super interesting, right? Daniel. <laughs> Continuity. <laughs> Somebody's I like gonna, those kinds of keep track. So how did you miss that? Thank you. I've gosh, I've earned that. That is somebody's right? whole job on the set. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's that that should be like a movies by minute, like definite intro- interview. For every single movie you have to have for your last episode, uh, uh to bring on the continuity uh person for the movie itself to go over yeah. all the different flubs that you found throughout, just to have them answer for it. Yeah, you know, back to the future. There's some fun ones too. Like, um, I think a lot of people often miss the uh, the part where Marty and George are in the backyard, you know, and they're going over the uh, the plan for for the following evening or whatever. And Marty's shirt uh, pocket, his flaps keep alternating from one one's inside and one's outside, kind of thing. No. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to say the meme that went around was just like, you ever notice that there were like one, there was one pine when they go back. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God, like, I that's... never noticed that before. Like, yeah. I, I noticed that the first time I saw the movie, it's like the point. Yeah. yeah that, that's the thing that I referenced too. When I talk about, um, yeah, people are like, how are you guys just now noticing that? <laughs> oh, did you guys notice that Marty ran over a pine tree? Yes. That was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Kids today. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Daniel apologizes, says he doesn't want her to leave, thinking that was him. And Jessica says, then who was it? Conan the Barbarian? <laughs> um, and uh, 
I just wanted to say, like, wouldn't it be funny if we cut to Daniel and those double mirrors and one reflection is his and the other one is just Arnold dressed as Conan the Barbarian. (laughs) (laughs) But I I love – we did go into that Columbus uh, trivia. It makes a lot of sense that Jessica from Columbus, Ohio would reference an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Like, I'm not sure RMK meant to (laughs) make that connection, but hey, it works for me. Right, and you guys mentioned that he has a statue of himself or something in, yeah, in Columbus. Yeah, yeah. A, a yearly festival. Um, and yeah, by the way, it's here where Jessica turns off her radio. Uh, she is, if you notice, finally listening, <laughs> listening to the <laughs> big song from the movie "Listen to Your Heart" by Little Verba Band, which we're going to get to when we get to the credits. But I, Peter, what are your thoughts on "Listen to Your Heart"? Um, I like the other version better that was featured in Cobra Kai. And I remember, like, <laughs> there was a I version of Incrobakai. I didn't even realize it was. Well, there's I forget the name. Is it Roxette? They had the Roxette version. Oh, okay, yeah. I think um, when different that song. episode Better was song. written, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think when the episode was written, they had intended to do the one from part three, and I think there was a mix-up or something. And <laughs> they were like, you know what? Actually, song? yeah, that this actually kind of worked out. It's actually yeah. the same kind of thing with the episode Ace Degenerate, which is the pilot of Cobra Kai, where we hear head games in Johnny's drunken montage, and the original song was Oceans by Survivor. Mm. Yeah, and that song's good too, but head games is much it fits much oh, better. I love yeah. Foreigner. All right. So Daniel has some self-reflecting time uh, while uh, – he's had some self-reflecting time while driving from the downstairs. He – He's telling Jessica, like, you know, he tried to become someone else and lost everything as a result. Um, And now he's worried that, uh, you know, he's lost Jessica's friendship. He's lost Mr. Miyagi's trust. He's lost everything. He wrecked everything. And Jessica tries to reassure him. But, like, I don't know. Daniel, like, how could you ever think Mr. Miyagi would ever just write you off? Like, that... I mean, I guess if they continued the, they kept that other scene that I mentioned in where Daniel like goes in and has a temper tantrum in the bonsai shop, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And you know, everything he's done about Mr. Miyagi has been relatively positive. It could be the fact that like, you know, I betrayed him. I've lied to him. I've kept things from him yeah. and I can see him fearing that he is still a teenager too. So I could, right. I could see that, but, but, but again, like, You've never seen him act that way, so why would you think that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and there are – like this is like the 27th scene of Daniel fuming and sputtering and flailing that – like we're so used to seeing Daniel being upset. It's no surprise. Uh, I, I actually found an article from Screen Ramp uh, where Robin Lively had mentioned that Ralph's frustration with the film made him extremely difficult to work with. She said he would often show up to set late. And then he would complain about every like various aspects of the movie. But I mean, I've, of course, I haven't just read one interview with Robin Lively, but several and in other interviews, Ralph was a wonderful person, a consummate professional. So, uh, you know, that'll, you know, I guess <laughs> depends on how you, from a certain point of view, <laughs> you know, I, I guess the, the other thing is like, she was what, 16, 17. Yeah. So she was mm-hmm. really young and maybe just that's just kind of what she remembered from him. And, you know, um, maybe it was just like him not being like unprofessional, but just like, yeah, I don't know about this writing, you know, and just kind of saying things. And then her being yeah. 
a little bit younger, just kind of taken down by, oh, he he hates this experience and all that. Um, you know, me- memory is like a weird thing. So like the details might be kind of wrong. And, you know, I'm not sitting here like trying to defend Ralph and saying she's wrong. I'm yeah. just saying like memory is a funny thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, Ralph himself has mentioned in interviews how much he hated yeah. the experience. So sure. <laughs> like, luckily, uh, yeah, in the movie, like Jessica is a good friend. She reassures Daniel that Mr. Miyagi still loves him, has faith in him. And Daniel is still like having a problem, just like going, okay, you're right. He's, he's still wondering what Mr. Miyagi is going to say once he hears about all this. And it, like, I, I feel, I feel for Daniel a little bit here where it's like, I've, there's plenty of moments where I've had a friend like trying to calm me down, telling me exactly what I need to hear but it's hard to let go of those upset feelings. You just, you're just like, yeah, but I'm really still worried about this and upset about this. And I understand that that's not exactly rational, but, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, but Jessica, uh, kisses Daniel on the cheek and says he'll do fine. And that's all we get for romance in this movie. One little chaste peck on the cheek. From Jessica, which is good. That's all <laughs> she deserves. Like actress. That's all he deserves. <laughs> um, I mean, I like, I like that they weren't romantically involved, but I don't like how her story came to an end. It just kind of sputtered out into nothing. Like, I feel like she should have been involved in the final scene, like not left mm-hmm. before it, like the final event, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Even though she's not his girlfriend, just to, <laughs> to be a character of any consequence, I just feel like she should have. Not left at this moment. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's uh, it's weird, you know. I'm going to get into it on on Friday a little bit, but as little tease, like we pretty much have Jessica calming Daniel down and telling him it's okay, everything's going to be fine, and then we go to a, the next scene where Mr. Miyagi is doing the exact same thing. And who would we rather hear from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And uh, one final mention about the music, uh, Bill Conti had a little, little short piece of score, and it's called Jessica's Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> so on the nose, these titles, I tell you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Peter, we don't want to give you the kiss off just yet. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, do you have time to come back for us uh, Friday? you have to, any time opened up on Friday to come back? Yeah, I, I, I just checked with my secretary, Margaret, and uh, she, she says I have some time. <laughs> uh, to fit in an appearance here. I know. I got to edit out all that bubble noise here that's happening uh, in the background <laughs> of your recording. I remember Holy that episode. Cow. I think there's a lot of uh, bathing going on in that episode. <laughs> Episodes. There was a few. Yeah. Of yeah. Well, bubbles. I mean, I was waterlogged by the end of that week. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but uh, yeah. all right. Well, uh, that's awesome. Uh, let everybody know we want to let send feedback to Karate Kid Minute at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Join the Miyagi-Do Karate Dojo Facebook group. Just search for Karate Kid Minute on Facebook and you'll find us or any social media group. And if you got a minute, please give us a nice rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you're enjoying the show. And until next time. Where's that guy with my money? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we haven't paid you yet. <laughs> uh,